Well, let's look now at the research that has been compiled by the Council for Scientific and Industrial um, Research. And basically, it's showing that under uh, ESCOM CEO Andre Dureta, the state of load shedding has increased. So we've had more load shedding now than before. We've also had a greater cost to the economy than perhaps what we're looking at before. And you would have seen last week and even the week before different sectors of society beginning to ask really big questions about why the situation at ESCOM is not turning around. Uh, The finance minister saying, well, he believes that uh, despite the fact that so much money has been spent on ESCOM, it has not resulted in us increasing the availability of energy on the grid and he says that the focus has been incorrect and that the next uh, the, the the focus for government now should shift and should be on ensuring that we have more energy available on the grid than actually trying to fix escom professor samson map Mapwedi is a director at the Center for Renewable and Sustainable Energy Studies at the University of Stellenbosch. Uh, good morning to you, Prof, and thank you for your time today. Good morning, Kathy, and the listeners. Let's talk about, you know, just this research that has has been conducted by the CSIR of course I suppose for many South Africans it confirms what has long been a suspicion that the state of ESCOM the state of power supply rather has has worsened um, the Minister of Finance seems to be one of those people that is laying the blame at, at the door of the ESCOM CEO. He's asking, why is this the case when he's the only CEO that had the opportunity of shutting down plants to do maintenance, whereas his predecessors did not have that opportunity before? Is that a fair look from the Minister? Yeah, it's, um, it, it's quite um, a, a complex uh, problem. Um, I think the diagnosis uh, from the minister and the part of our society is um, a bit wrong. Um, the, the challenge is there for, for load shedding. The ESCOM CEO had that time to, to shut down some of the systems and also to, to do maintenance during the hard lockdown. But we need to look at the, the, the origin of the problem. Uh, and where the problem is going. Um, the biggest issue is basically the energy availability factor, um, which we should then hold the ESCOM um, CEO accountable for. But what determines that uh, energy availability factor is a number of factors, uh, one of which is the, the aging um, uh, fleet that we have at ESCOM. So if you look at the reasons, the recent reasons around um, uh, why ESCOM was doing load shedding, uh, they would then shut down some of the plants for, for regular maintenance or planned maintenance. And during that time that they had some of the of these plants uh, shut down, we would lose about 10 to 14 megawatts, uh, 14,000 uh, megawatts uh, on, on breakdown, to breakdown. So, so that tells you that uh, the, the problem is no longer maintenance. Even your car, you can maintain your car um, to a certain extent, and then you start to have regular breakdowns that you cannot predict. Andre the writer himself indicated that at this point in time, most of the power plants, we can't predict when it's going to break down. 
So I think the, the diagnosis of the problem is wrong. I think we need um, uh, to look at a different kind of a diagnosis and look at a different kind of a solution. And I think we have solutions at our fingertips uh, in the energy plan that we have called the Integrated Resource Plan. Mm. So here's one of the challenges, uh, Professor Mampredi, is that when we look at what ESCOM itself has said about the, the state of power in this country, it too has blamed the issue of maintenance. In fact, they've gone as far as saying they haven't been able to do maintenance on the scale that they would have liked to due to challenges with supply chains and getting monies from uh, Treasury to be able to do uh, the kind of, of maintenance work that they require. There's a shortage of space. So all sorts of reasons around around maintenance. Do you think that ESCOM itself has misdiagnosed its problem? I, I, I don't think uh, ESCOM itself has misdiagnosed the problems. I think ESCOM knows exactly what needs to be done on the maintenance side of things. Um, the public will remember that the, the, the engineers um, that are responsible for this, um, from the head of generation to most of the senior engineers, are people who have been there at ESCOM for quite a long time. And if you look at some of the ESCOM plans, you will see that the, those plans are quite very sound plans. And if the uh, ESCOM was able to 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 to, to, uh, to to go along with those plans, uh, we wouldn't be uh, in in a situation where we are now. So I, I'm inclined to to agree with ESCOM that uh, some of the challenges have got nothing to do with things that have, that are under their control. Um, I think the, the solution is not to 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 release the, the the CEO of his duties. I think if we do that, we're just um, exacerbating the problem. Um, I think the CEO himself has done quite well so far. Um, my my thinking is that we should look at the IRP and look at things such as your battery storage systems or the, the storage systems in general that we we're supposed to bring in. Way, way back in 2026, uh, rework the IRP and look at the impact of um, such systems in the grid, and and where can we find the cheap, the, the low low cost one or the the least cost uh, storage systems that we can bring on board, so that we can have the 4,000 to 6,000 megawatts that Andrew uh, uh, Director indicated to the nation that he needs in addition to what he has. We can have that uh, uh, on a short-term basis using the storage systems, and then on a long-term basis, we keep implementing the integrated resource plan, which the minister is is implementing quite well. So if I'm hearing you correctly, then you are saying that the attention should actually be on the Department of Energy and why it is that we have not had any additional power to the grid via alternative sources. Yes, we. If you if you we go back to history because this problem has got a, a, a historical background. Um, this problem was was diagnosed long time ago during the the Tawambeke administration, um, and um, some of the things were done uh, at, at that particular point in time. Most of the things were not done. Some of the things were done by ESCOM to try and avert the situation. But um, some of them were not done properly. You will recall that we had the, the, the construction of Medupi and Kusile that 
that were done improperly because of the design flaws and things like that. And then we had the IRP 2010 in 2010, which was an energy plan that was responding to uh, what we, we anticipated would happen. And then it was they, they, it was started to be implemented around 2013 with the procurement of new generation capacity. But then with the Jacob Zuma administration, there was a, a talk on the nuclear build and, and a shift from um, a, a proper implementation of the IRP, uh, looking at the short-term kind of uh, bringing of uh, new generation capacity. They were now looking at short-term on the nuclear side, which did not happen. And then in 2019, then we had the revision of the integrated resource plan, which then became uh, the integrated resource plan 2019, which is the plan that Minister Mantashe is now implementing. So there was that gap in terms of bringing in new generation capacity. We, so we are responding to the shortage instead of being proactive because the, we, 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 we did not become proactive when the time was right. So what needs to happen is we need to have short-term plans, we need to have mid-term plans, we need to have long-term plans. And those plans should come from the Department of Energy through reworking of the integrated resource plan and then looking at how can we bring in emergency storage systems and emergency power. They've already started doing something like that through the bringing in the the power shift that uh, that has not dropped, which I don't think will drop because of the challenges that 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 they are facing, and the other um, uh, emergency procurement, um, energy procurement from the other uh, companies that may come to light sometime uh, early next year. So, what then about um, the the fact that when it comes to this additional power supply, there are some experts who believe that. As long as our baseload energy is still as unstable as it is, all of these ad- additional sources might not necessarily resolve the problem we're trying to uh, resolve, at least not uh, on a scale that will satisfy the energy needs of the country. Yes, that's why you see, we, we're calling for uh, the storage systems because what happens is uh, with renewable energy, um, with the intermittency associated with renewable energy. Sometimes we're generating, sometimes we're not generating when we need. So sometimes they, 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 we're generating a lot of uh, energy that, um, that that we don't need at the particular time. So at that point in time, we need somewhere where we need to kind of save this energy. And, and when we need this energy, we can then draw on it from, from that particular source which is why we, we, we're talking about bringing in uh, energy storage systems that can be built uh, into the system quite fast. And we, it's not like this is a, a far-fetched thought because we already have about 2,800 megawatts or so of energy storage systems worked into our integrated resource plan. So the, the question then is what would be the impact of uh, bringing forward that energy storage system of 2,800 megawatts or so, instead of letting it come in 2026, what will be the impact on the grid? And then we can take it from there and bring in the energy storage systems as kind of a short-term solution. Then we can have some uh, form of um, a buffer 
uh, when it comes to some of these breakdowns that happen. Professor Samson Mampwedi is a director at the Center for Renewable and Sustainable Energy Studies at the University of Stellenbosch. So that's the view that he has then uh, when he is contextualizing at least some of the research that has been released by the CSIR on the state of ESCOM and the cost to the economy. It's certainly something that, yeah, is still with us whether we like it or not. Whether we like it or not, it is still very much going to be a story with us, I think, beyond even 2030.